Welcome back to The Sandlot, nine minutes at a time. I am one of your hosts, Rachel Mummert, and I am joined by my co-host, Tierney. Hello, that's me. (laughs) And also, we are joined today by Rob from Movie Rob Minute. Welcome. Thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate you inviting me and letting me partake in this, something that apparently has turned into a summer thing for you guys. Yes. Yes. So VCR Privileges does a different summer movie. The Sandlot was a huge part of my life growing up. Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess that if people have listened to your season doing a Movies by Minute on The Great Escape, they're probably already well aware that I don't imagine the sandlot had a huge impact on your childhood years no it didn't i was i was 19 <laughs> when it came out so yeah okay yeah little little bit of an age gap between us but <laughs> what did you think of it okay well the first first thing is the first time i saw it was five years ago it was something okay. that i hadn't seen until you know when i was on my my website i do uh, every day i watch and review three or four movies and i just at some point someone suggested it to me so i went and watched it and I liked it. I thought it was good, but it wasn't a monumental baseball movie for me. I mean, as as a kid, I had I had a lot more monumental baseball movies. Mm, <laughs> Let's put yeah. it that way. Growing up, and then I obviously rewatched it this week to prepare for this, and I actually enjoyed it even more this time than I did the previous time. Yes. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I I, yeah, I, yeah. I will not reach the levels of you know that it, that it made so much of an impact on me. But okay. I really I felt the nostalgia of it. Fair enough. That was something we've talked about before. You know, this is in essence a baseball movie, but it's also a lot about nostalgia and just, you know, coming of age. Just the summer. And I didn't know if that um, applied to how how you viewed it, you know, not as so much of a baseball movie, but just a uh, summer friendship movie about growing up. Right. I mean, I, I when I was rewatching it, I was comparing it in my mind a lot to Stand By Me, which which had a big oh, impact yeah. on me because I was 12 when I saw Stand By Me and the kids there were 12. You know, obviously, you know, both that movie took place in 1959. This takes place in 1962. I was far from being born before either of those years, but I still <laughs> felt the, the, the nostalgia and the way that the filmmakers made both of those movies looking back at their own pasts. You know, yeah. their childhood. So, yeah, that, that that's why I enjoyed it. I love even at the beginning here, it's so dramatic. I mean, this oh, is such yes. a, a dramatic remembrance of this home run. But I really love the way they come around when they're gathered around the ball. It's not getting too far ahead to say. When they're gathered around no. the ball and Benny is going on and on about how he's ruined the day. And it's, it's so Kenny noon. who says, <laughs> no, you didn't. That's the most amazing thing I ever saw. And the yeah. the way that they rally around him <laughs> yeah. to say, like, that was amazing. Don't beat yourself up about it. And the thing is, for Benny, it is because it's like, Benny, baseball is life. Mm-hmm. So to be, you know, have no other ball and to be done at noon, it's like, dang it. <laughs> and, and these kids have never seen the natural. So they, they have no idea what, yeah. it, what it's like to have to, to play with just a ball of string. And I love the symbology of Smalls being the one to catch what I call the naked ball and his glove. And just, you know, like you said, this how dramatic this whole initial part of the segment is just with, you know, the music and the way it's shot and just that symbology of the glove in the air. And it's Smalls and it's like, yeah, (laughs) 
he can play baseball now. <laughs> <laughs> he can play baseball. And it's this would have been the first time I saw a naked ball, bear balls, whatever joke you want to make. <laughs> go for it, <laughs> listeners. And then, yeah, the, when the natural came out or the natural came, natural came out nine mind, years before oh my this. God. Yeah. <laughs> and that was just a soundtrack. That was the cassette tape in my dad's car as far as I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I found it absolutely fascinating. Like, what's in a baseball? Uh, I think yeah. for a lot of people my age where this would have been the first time and it's like, oh my God, that the cover came off and went in yeah. there. And I want to give a shout out to Dr. Meredith Wills, who I know I've mentioned before on this podcast, but we're only a weekly show, so it's worth reminding everyone. On Twitter, she is at BBL underscore Astro. Actually, I'm just going to spell that one out too. A-S-T-R-O-P-H-Y. SCS. Dr. Meredith Wills, she's an astrophysics PhD. She's also a uh, baseball construction expert is how she puts it. This is the person who collected used MLB balls and proved that MLB changed what ball they were using different balls in different situations and just not mentioning it to anyone and saying like, no, 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 they're exactly the same. And (laughs) she is the one who like painstakingly data scientifically prove these are two different these are two different balls and she figured out how to decode the codes on them for when they were made and where and say both balls were in production at the same time not oh we had some old ones sorry about that we had some old ones it was all a big misunderstanding she's like (laughs) nope i i have the codes these were made in in different batches you're not even talking about the balls that they used in cores in in cores field (laughs) in cores field in Denver, so they would they would wet the balls so that they wouldn't go as far or go as high. Because it's Denver. Yes, <laughs> Have exactly. a bit of a reputation. Yes, it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, that sounds yeah. When when did she find this out? Well, this is this is recent. This is talking about the 2019-2020 seasons. Uh huh. that was a big th- or twenty eighteen maybe is when it started. Um the big thing was she also got caught up in this, you know, is it the pandemic is it that we're not getting supplies and stuff like that like there were all these things to account for where it's like oh well maybe this did it and she's like no they're they're definitely making two different Hmm. and what was what was the end result some of them are deader balls than others and the problem is if you have two different sets of balls that you are making that have different characteristics you know we're not saying anyone is being corrupt and using different balls in different situations but it it opens up that possibility it makes it possible to do that in a way that it isn't if you are maintaining the correct construction basically okay wow yeah it's one of those it's not like you know she was accusing anyone but it was but mlb was very quick to say like no 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 you guys are imagining this and she is the one who proved we're not imagining this wow i just find it cool that an astrophysicist is the one who figured this out yep I will always give a shout out. I really wish I knew more about pitching whenever I watch this section and Teddy <laughs> does his wind up and I'm just like, yeah, it looks impressive to me, but I know nothing other than that me the human either. body was not meant to pitch baseballs the way that they do. Oh now. my gosh, I know. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Which is probably why a lot of the players get injured just from throwing the ball. Yeah, I could have met. Yeah. If you ever see a picture of like a pitcher 
mid-pitch. Like, their arms are just doing things that do not look possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. completely, completely. I, I'm, I'm very familiar with that. And to throw them, you know, you know, 80, 90, 100 consistently, it's just like, yeah, no, that <laughs> our joints weren't made to... Uh, repeatedly do that <laughs> did, did either of you do any research to find out how often this type of thing happens in real life i was trying to because i was curious because they kind of mention it in the segment like oh you know not a lot of people you know hit the cover off the ball and so i was like i was curious and i don't know about like in the past i found a few names that bryce, bryce harper, harper right bryce harper jose martin, reyes martin uh, mal maldonado yeah. Apparently, Ruth, Gehrig, DiMaggio, Mantle. It's, it's apparently more common okay. than people think. Now, did either of you look up to see what the rules are in baseball if this happens? No, I didn't think about oh. doing that. I should have. I'm no, curious. No, I've looked it up before to see, is that still a home run that Benny hit? Because Smalls does catch. No, it's not a home run. The no, ball? No, <laughs> no, no. That First of all, he's out. Benny's out. Okay. There's no question about that. Okay. So, according, well, according to MLB rules. According to MLB rules, according to what I checked up, so rule number 3.01, it says, should a ball come partially apart in a game, it is in play until the play is completed. Okay. Okay. Oh. Meaning that what they did in the natural is what they're supposed to do. You know, the fact that the, the cover of the ball only reached the pitcher, but the, the string and everything else reached the outfield, they have to keep playing with it. That's, that's the rule. <laughs> okay. And then the question is, Okay, what's considered the ball? I mean, as what you said, is it is it the cover or is it the ball itself? Yeah, that's going to be my next question. <laughs> so, so according to the rules, it says that the ball shall be a sphere formed by yarn wound around a small core of cork, rubber, or similar material covered with two stripes of white horsehide or cowhide tightly stitched together. It shall weigh not less than five nor more than five and a quarter ounces Avoid the course. I have no idea what that means. And measure not less than nine, nor more than nine and a quarter inches in circumference. So according to that, the ball is not the cover. The ball is actually the, the yarn. Innards. The innards. Core of cork. That's hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I found that very interesting. It apparently does happen yeah. more often than we would think. I couldn't find an exact number. Yeah, me neither. I was just curious, like, what is it just the way it's... The ball is pitched and hit. Is it just one of those kind of? I don't know why. It it's got to be the hit. Yeah, and it I'm pops like it... the stitch. Okay, yeah, that would make sense if it popped the stitch. Is it, is it because it... the pitcher is doctoring the ball beforehand? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just like taking the stitches out. I don't. <laughs> I don't think Kenny is doing. No, that. Kenny is definitely not. But I'm talking about in, in MLB. No, I, <laughs> I know, I know. Kenny is who I wanted to put as our player profile or MVP because I mean Kenny is great throughout this movie but his heater is what he's known for and so this this dramatic slow-mo pitch I was like all right all right we, yeah. we got this and then also he's the one who says that's the most amazing thing I ever saw so. yeah and he's the pitcher which is pretty good that that's already he's showing yeah. that you know he's willing to, to 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 take off his hat you know tip his hat for him yeah yeah He's not mad that Benny got a hit off him. Right. He's no. like, that was amazing. So I wanted to give a shout out to Brian Adams. Now, listeners at home, especially listeners Wait, of why, younger- Brian and, Adams know, is Brandon Adams. Brandon. Brandon Adams. Brian Adams yeah. is someone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, what threw me off is this is Brandon Quinton Adams. 
born in 1979. There is also a Brandon Quentin Adams, born in 1996. Oh, wow. That would be amazing getting the, the second one to play in this in this movie, it's considering he was born yeah. three years after it came out. It drove me insane because when you look up Brad and Brandon Adams and the cue doesn't give you any hint, that Adams dated Billy Ellish and apparently was not a very nice boyfriend. Oh. And so there was a moment where my heart leapt into my throat doing this research. <laughs> and I just want to make clear for any Gen Z listeners we have out there that this is a totally different person who is lovely <laughs> and wonderful. Um, yes. So this is... This is Kenny here and in the Mighty Ducks movies, D1 and D2. Yes, it is Jesse. So he is another crossover between the the franchises, between the sport. And I love in the reunion, you seem to pretty quiet guy in the reunion videos i was watching they did call him out and be like oh what'd you like doing better the hockey or the baseball <laughs> movie and literally all his sandlot act you know are gathered around him turning look and go yeah brandon which did you like better <laughs> so of course he's like oh baseball baseball of course this movie was so much better and they're just like Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> so, he was in other things. Not a ton, but some. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. A lovely stop on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He's done a lot of voiceover stuff as he's become an adult. And he was uh, he was in a couple segments in The Moonwalker. So oh, when yeah. Michael Jackson dominated pop culture in a good way. <laughs> I was wondering about that because well, I saw that on he his really IMDb. Did dominated in a good way when you look back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> that's when people thought he was dominating things in a good way. <laughs> that's true. And it wasn't long before it got, that was 1988. And it really wasn't long after that, that even as kids, I remember like right around the 90s when he started hanging out with Macaulay Culkin, we all kind of yeah. like, what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's happening and, here? And Corey, wasn't Corey Feldman <laughs> so, on there with, with him or something like that? I don't know. I don't think Feldman was with him, but it, it's the same like, oh, I don't. I don't know about this. And then, of course, as you get older, it realize more like, oh, no, good, oh, good job, yeah. uh, Creeper Radar on <laughs> the kids of those days. Yeah, but completely. This was before that. And just to shout out, my, my cousins and my husband and a lot of people I know play the Kingdom Hearts games. He provided the voice of Rye in Kingdom Hearts 2. I don't know anything about Kingdom Hearts. That means nothing to me, but I'm sure there are people listening who just got very excited. <laughs> He seems, like I said, he was pretty quiet in the reunions, but he, he went to a bunch of the reunion stuff for the 25th. So I was really glad to see him, to hear him talking. And then, as you mentioned, Rachel, of course, reminiscing over the Mighty Ducks movies. <laughs> it's just like, yes, this is a good time. I did see there has never been an official answer on why he isn't in D3. Maybe he was just too just old. Was, yeah. Well, was it a schedule conflict or, I mean, there is this awful part of you that's like Keenan Thompson had come into the franchise in D2 and was in D3. And there's this awful part of you looking back that's like, did they think they only needed one black skater on the team? Yeah, they got enough diversity. Uh, you're that's kind of what people always suspected, but but there is no real answer. Well, I would say that it probably is not because of scheduling conflicts because... He doesn't have any movies from 1994 to 2001. So it, it was a choice, but it, it was also, you know, and some people did age out of these things. They're yeah. just like, you know what? I'm not making kids sports movies anymore. Even Emilio Estevez. <laughs> I have been researching for Apocalypse Now and man, it is it is just a trip to be like, they, they're saying son. They mean Emilio Estevez. Oh my God. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
so back to this movie. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say one more thing about him. I don't, I don't know if you, you noticed this in your research, but he was in a car that there there's another actor named Merlin Santana, who they were very close friends, who was an actor in what was it, the Steve Harvey show or something like that, where someone came up to the to car and, and just shot into the car and, and killed Merlin. And he was actually in the car at the same time. Oh. Apparently, the what I read was is that someone named Monique King was an obsessed fan of Santana and sent someone sent a group of people to go kill him. So the fact that Brandon was in the car was was pretty interesting. Apparently, two 20 year old men and a 15 year old girl were arrested for the murder because they they, they caught the girl first, who was this 15 year old girl. Apparently, apparently Santana was 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 in the passenger seat, so it's possible that Brandon was actually driving at the time. He was driving, but he did not abuse Belly Eilish. <laughs> that's right. It's, it's possible that that's why yeah. he stopped acting. Maybe he took a break because of that. And he's not going to talk about that now, yeah. you know, like, unless unless he comes out with an interview in the next couple of years, but we'll, we'll keep an eye out as the, as the 30th comes out. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. You only have six months after this comes out, so... We're getting close. I hope everyone is appreciating my genius timing of doing a Sandlot podcast in 2022 when I could have just waited a year (laughs) and gotten maybe like gotten interviews and everything. But no, no, I'm a genius. Well, Tierney, we we know how you're you're a math genius, so that's good. (laughs) I'm a math genius, and apparently, I can sense when a baseball season is not going to go well, and that's what I need to do a baseball podcast. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. So. So on the screen, I I love the like sarcasm of Benny. Like, what you got an extra ninety eight cents lying or ninety eight extra cents just lying around at home? <laughs> no, but I got a ball. Got it's a- just go get it. <laughs> Did either of you look up how much ninety eight cents in nineteen sixty two is worth today? I have not, but it sounds like you have. Yes, I have. <laughs> or I can look it up. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. Well, first of all, how much? Do either of you know how much it costs to buy a baseball today? Oh God, it's been years since no. I bought a baseball. <laughs> Right, so you can you can probably get them a little cheaper, but in general they're about fifteen dollars for a baseball. Wow. Okay, so ninety eight cents in nineteen sixty two in ni- in twenty twenty two is nine dollars and twelve cents. So their ball is still cheaper than what we have today. <laughs> <laughs> and that was one thing I, in watching this segment because I was like, you know, as we see what happens with the quote unquote borrowed ball from Bill, I was like, why didn't they just you know get their money together? and get um, a ball first but you know they 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 didn't they have mentioned it. that and then he jumps in and says wait i have one so no but they were saying know. okay we're gonna go take we're gonna go get uh, money from bottle returns and stuff like that meaning that they yep. don't have this amount of yeah. money and think about it you have uh, these kids are supposed to be what like uh, 11 or 12 right 12, 12 right yeah. so you know how many 12 year olds today would have nine dollars yeah. Yeah. Even if you're, you know, pooling it together. And I can't imagine, you know, in 1962, you probably didn't just go ask your parents, like, hey, can I have what would equivocate to $9 to go buy a baseball? They'd be like, no, right. like, I'm not just going to give you. I do want to throw out there, I'm seeing lots of baseballs for sale for 7 bucks. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. Six, seven right. bucks. But, but yeah, 12 year olds, that's still a big investment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, what I saw was, is that, that, that MLB pays a lot less for balls these days. They pay $7, but they, as you mentioned, you know, they're, they're probably paying more to doctor them. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love how incredibly sweaty Smalls is going into Bill's office. I know. And then I realized they call this Bill's trophy room. 
Yeah. And I was really thrown off by that. Because there's not. <laughs> Later. I was just like, I'm sorry. Bill has a trophy room? What the heck? <laughs> well, apparently he's a collector. So the other thing that threw me off was that apparently Benny uses the slang bitchin'. Yeah, like twice yeah. in this set. Yeah, it's a little strange. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's trying out his grown-up his grown up language skills. Especially Rachel having done American Graffiti, which is set at the same time period. Yeah, yeah. That's that's also set in the summer of 1962. And I'm just like, I guess it was, because I started to be like, that's not the slang. And I'm like, yes, it is. Carol <laughs> okay. told me so. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like you're with your, you know, group of guys. You're like, who's going to tell that I said this bad word? <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to do the math on the odds that both Benny and Smalls <laughs> would Homer back to back. That seems like a little bit of movie magic, but I love. Well, no, the, Benny didn't the Homer. Realness of the aftermath. Ben, no, Benny, well, Benny Smalls caught it. Claim he. They uh the the realness of the aftermath, which is first of all <laughs> ham. Sounds so annoyed. He goes, you forgot to turn. Turn. I love that. <laughs> and just to ham this whole because you know even when Smalls is up to bat, just yes. his little you know chatter. I love it. He's and just the way that Smalls reacts. You know your your flies down and he does the quick like oh. <laughs> right. Well, ham ham seems to me like the the kid who you know I, I read earlier the the rule from MLB about you know the dimensions of a baseball. Ham seems like the type of kid who would know that by heart. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I could yeah. see which is, that. Which I is why he that. says, "Well, you, you were supposed to round second and go to third. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you forgot. This is you this is an unofficial go. game. You know, you're you're you can be tagged out. Yeah, I love the maybe the shock of his first homer is just too much for him. That's the <laughs> other thing I love of like them trying to understand what's going on, and that felt very real to me. So I was wondering, Rob, if you had any experience with Homer, because I I've already admitted my baseball experience was not this. Uh, heroic mine <laughs> I <don't>, either <laughs> i don't know what it's like to homer in a game so okay i actually i do i do i i played I, okay I, I played little league from 1982 till 85 so for four years i played little league i started off you know in, in the outfield and moved my way up to second base so i mean i wasn't a an amazing player i, I i'm glad to i'm i'm happy to admit that because you know like it wasn't that i i said to myself i have a career in baseball you know it wasn't it wasn't that but, but <laughs> I, I had fun you know that i think that's the whole point especially even when you lose they take out for ice cream you know those type of things little yeah. that's what little league is so yes i i have had... i uh, <laughs> remember when i played there was one season where if i caught like a fly ball or you know had a great game or a good play or i would get a uh Pocahontas themed Happy Meal. <laughs> so that was my incentive. Wait, from your parents get, you or know, from the coach? Out. From my parents. Oh, okay. <laughs> Happy Meals and ice cream. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I did, over the, over the course of these four years, I did hit homers. I did strike out a lot also. But I also remember that in one of the seasons, I don't remember which one it was. Maybe it was the third season. So I must have been in fifth grade at the time where I made the last out and we didn't go to the playoffs because of that. Because I grounded I grounded oh, to the second oh, baseman man. who easily tossed it to the first baseman before I got there. But, you know, Ugh. again, I, these are not traumatic moments in my life now. <laughs> Yeah. I, I felt like crap at the time, that's for sure. But then again, what do you expect from a 12-year-old to feel that way? <laughs> but but the coach picked me to be on the team the following year again, the same coach. So I, I was happy awesome. from that perspective because it means he, he saw something. Yeah. So yeah, that that's my experience with with little league. I've I've I play uh, up until a few years ago. I was playing softball once a week. You know, I I can't remember 
having a uh, even with softball at this point i can't remember having hitting a homer because the outfielders outfielders there are pretty good <laughs> i hit it into the outfield but not you know not over the fence did you relate it all to the little leaguers in this completely with their uh, completely <laughs> did you and wearing their uniforms like all the time did you just go around and oh for sure for sure like a- <laughs> no i like i like the fact that they actually have i guess you can say i don't know if antique is the right word or retro they have retro hats you know you see the hat from oh, yeah. the time of the 1960s, you know, even even the you know the symbol for the for the angels, you know, the LA Angels who had just moved yes. to LA at that point. I think they moved in like 60 or 61. I used to, as a kid, I used to know every every World Series who played and when and and who won. Oh, wow. But I I lost that information. And I remember I had this book <laughs> that I would buy this this book about baseball knowledge every year, which would talk about all the players and all the teams and stuff like that. And and I remember that they had like futuristic. What's the word? Futuristic. The pages where they would say who's going to be in the World Series in this year and that year and stuff. And they they just had you know in in the ten year in the ten upcoming years. And they were they were showing that they would oh, okay. that they expanded it you know outside of the U.S. There was you know there was a team from Cuba and there was a team from Haiti and stuff like that, which obviously never happened. But yeah, we're having enough trouble getting back to Montreal. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're, I don't think we're going back there that quickly. <laughs> How did you become a baseball person? I don't know. As, as a kid, I, I enjoyed playing it and just started, you know, following things. I'm, I, I, I happen to be, for better or for worse, I'm a completionist, which is why movies by minutes movies are perfect for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know. I, so as a kid, I would, you know, collect baseball cards and I would make a list. The day that the cards came out, I would quickly make a list, you know, tops one through 792. And as I was going through the cards, I would mark down which ones I have. So I knew which ones I needed to have and stuff like that. Then I, I, I don't, even, I can't even explain it. I mean, I enjoyed going to to games. I was born in New Jersey, but then I grew up in Michigan. So I w- went to a lot of Tiger games in in the old Tiger Stadium. I don't think I, yeah, I, I, I don't think ask. I don't think I've ever been in the new Tiger Stadium because they they moved after I moved there. I moved from there. Okay, but. I, I just had a lot of fun, you know, with baseball over the years. Do you have a favorite Babe Ruth nickname? <laughs> we, we get to hear a lot of them in this. Oh, scene. my gosh. Yeah, usually yeah. the something of SWAT is probably. Yeah. I will say I, I'm very partial to the one we found, the Maharaja of Mash. Ooh. <laughs> well, of yeah. course, of yeah. course you're going to like that one. with baseball, but yeah, I love that one. So it was like, Tierney, that's you. And I'm just like, oh, I'm never letting this go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You should change change it in all your social media instead of instead of one, was it one, one steel, steel sister? Yeah, <laughs> one steel sister. It's now going to be the, the Maharaja of Mash. That's a good one. I like it. That Yeah, that's perfect for you. It fits you. It it's fits so you well. It's so much fun. I also have a moment. My heart just goes out to him with the baby Ruth. Like he's so like some lady signed in. It's just like small. And all I think of is the Goonies. Yes. A sloth going Ruth. Ruth. Baby Baby Ruth. Ruth. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) I love the Goonies. One of my favorite, favorite kids movies. So do you think that, well, I mean, it may seem like a silly question, but... How do you think, obviously, Bill would be, you know, probably like, oh, my gosh, you know, as we learn later, the provenance of this ball signed by some lady. Um, (laughs) But do you think Bill would be both angry with Smalls for taking the ball and losing it and also proud of him for hitting a home run and finally, you know, getting the skills to play baseball or would he be like, you know, it's just a sandlot crew, you know, just a bunch of kids. I don't know. 
I mean, I definitely think he would be mad. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he also, when he left on his business trip, was like, oh, we'll give playing catch another try. And I'm like, have yeah. you not seen him? He's been playing baseball all summer, dude. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that Bill would be really pissed off. There's no question about it. Yeah. And as... You know, as as a parent myself, it's the same thing. If a kid, t- if one of my kids took something that I hold, that I held, you know, some cherished cherished thing that I had that was worth a lot of money and ruined it, yeah. I would be pretty pissed off. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. say, oh well, at least he had a home run. You know, that's yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Bill doesn't seem like the Bill doesn't seem like the type of guy who would be encouraging at that point because we saw when when he was trying to teach him how to play ball first of all it was not easy for him to agree to go do it and then when he finally yeah. got convinced to go do it he wasn't doing it wholeheartedly especially once he saw how bad of a player he is and i think he's still kind of coming into that father role too he's not sure how to approach that and especially you know smalls had been told you know time and again like you don't you know, Bill doesn't like it when you come into the trophy room and like, just like, don't touch these things. Don't look at them. Don't come in this room. <laughs> yeah. Like, just don't. <laughs> I just realized my kid can never see this movie. So no one tell him about this podcast because I am looking at a bunch <laughs> of signed baseballs. And, you know, I'm looking at one. I'm looking at one signed by Mo Vaughn. And I'd be, mm-hmm. I'd be sad if he lost that because he was playing with it. But that's oh, yeah. fine. I'm also looking at one signed by Ted Williams, Bob Fowler. Wow. And Stan Musial, and those ain't getting replaced. No. So... so I think you need to put those up higher on the shelf. Uh, yeah. yeah. Get a uh, safe for them. <laughs> yeah, there, there definitely is. I'm like definitely making a mental disconnect between the ones of players that are still living and players that have passed on. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'd be sad if this ball went away, but yeah. I like even if I didn't replace it, I would mentally know that I could. You Just know? do this. Just uh, like get some decoy baseballs. Wow, that was exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. And then. Put them out, and then that way, you know, if Pat, if your kid does accidentally lose one, you'd be like, ah, psych, that was a fake ball. I got the real one right here. Oh, wow. That, that's so amazing. I really had that exact same idea. I was going to say just buy a whole bunch of, of placebos <laughs> and just have them there. Yeah. So if he needs a baseball, or, or you can actually just tell, tell your kid that if he ever needs a baseball, he should come to you first before taking one of the expensive ones that you have on your shelf. Yes. That's a, a that's a better yeah that's a communication good, yeah. is everything it is i would like to point out that in the same room with the signed baseballs is our sports equipment rack which has many other not signed <laughs> <baseballs> <laughs> that he has full wearing and access to much to my chagrin sometimes as when i walked in and he was like chucking a baseball i'm like no there's so many rubber ones why did you have like the hardest <laughs> ball we have yeah although it's funny um for years i didn't realize this and only just recently i was like oh that was a cricket ball there was a cricket ball in my house when i oh, was wow. growing up <laughs> we didn't know what it was for other than it sure hurt when you <laughs> oh wow oh yeah, man that, that's <laughs> so, not fun, not fun. my dad and mom were both not sporty people but they had played various sports and at one point we tallied up there were 17 different sports wow that there was some amount of equipment for in our basement wow. that we were counting we were counting the fact that like my mom kept her field hockey stick from high school i mean wow. we wouldn't actually go out and play a game with it but we counted it as field hockey was represented oh yeah wow. and uh i was one of those kids i'd try anything i yeah. loved I, it didn't matter how bad i was at it and i was bad at most of them i would try any sport that crossed my path <laughs> so yeah there were 17 and like 
my dad had my dad was was in business in the 80s he had a racquetball oh wow you know like (laughs) god forbid you don't have the ability to go to that so (laughs) it was a very hodgepodge collection but there were a lot and yeah now i'm sitting in a room that has a sports equipment rack and many signed baseballs and i'm like oh my god am i bill (laughs) i didn't go out i love he's like he's away on business and i'm like we'll never know what bill does (laughs) oh i know (laughs) that's such a little kid thing though on business (laughs) yeah my, my kids don't know what i do they think they do but yeah I love the fan him. That also was a very like, this is a perfect friendship movie. Yeah, it is. They give each other such crap, but at the end of the day, they take care of each other. Because his reaction to just the whole situation is so genuine. Oh. Just see, it seems to me like you can just see his face get, you know, redder as he gets more worked up about it. And just the way he delivers his line, like, he's going to kill me. <laughs> it's just so genuine. And he doesn't even care. I mean, you know, we finally find out that he has no idea who Babe Ruth is. And momentarily, he's like, oh, man. And then he's like, oh, man. But they don't really give him too much crap. They're, you know, once they find out. The ball is signed by Babe Ruth. <laughs> they have bigger problems. Yeah. <laughs> you think that you think that someone would have noticed, even Kenny, you know, he must have been looking at the ball before he throws it. Yeah, because I did wonder that as, you know, be like, did he just be like, oh, cool, we got a, ball, a baseball, or did he see the, yeah. Well, apparently he didn't, sure. but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah I was not. watching them, and none of them. It, he he gives it to Benny, who throws it to Kenny. Benny Kenny. Benny yeah, Kenny. Funny. Yeah, and then he pitches it, and Porter ho- handles it on that strike one. But that's it, and none of them are. You know, Porter's given Smalls crap, and they don't <laughs> spend a lot of time. Yeah, I I thought they they did good of making sure that none of those kids like had a lot of time with it to, yeah. to be like, how do they not know? Right, this? but but they all they all got their fingerprints on it. So if anyone's looking to, yep. you know, if the if the police start checking fingerprints, they're, they're, they're all in trouble. <laughs> oh, speaking of uh, prints, I love the giant puppet beast paw that comes out. And yes, because yeah. that's the thing, like going forward until we get to like the big chase scene and stuff, like it is just kid imagination of what this dog is gone rampant. You know, we see <laughs> giant paws and we see the giant puppet dog eating the ball, you know, like yeah. it's just like your area, te- you know, your kid mind gone crazy. Yeah, completely. They're not at their most logical right now. And I just, <laughs> we're, you know, getting more toward the end of the segment, but I just love when he goes, well, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but once they Is figure it the out fact a- that little kids are really bad at lying, no, it's the fact that Smalls, you know, he has the line near the end of it was salt in an open wound, and you figure like the salt in the open wound is like, holy crap! I just took this um, probably priceless ball and just hit a home run and played with it like it was a normal ball. But no, it's the fact that his mom knew who Babe Ruth was. And she was, you know, a grown woman. And he didn't know. Like, that was the thing that really threw him for a loop. <laughs> That's, I love, he calls his mom a grown-up girl. Grown-up girl, Even a yeah. grown-up girl knew who Babe Ruth was. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> I love Scotty trying to lie to his mom. And it just keeps going (laughs) yeah and we find out that the ball was given to bill by his father and then bill probably would have given it to smalls so it's like oh a knife in the heart right there for (laughs) 
Yeah, well, he wouldn't have known who it was, so it doesn't make a difference from that perspective. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's not like he can say, well, you were going to give it to me anyway. I was going to get it in, you know, <laughs> after you died, I was going to get it anyway. So it's theoretically mine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just remembering the time my dad walked into the room and my sister and I were talking about which artwork, like splitting up the artwork. And he's like, could you not? <laughs> and now my, my, my I'm like, that was pretty insulting. That, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people splitting up the inheritance before the person dies. Yep. It's just, I really liked these ones, and she really liked those ones, and we were making sure it was fair, but yeah. <laughs> At least you didn't, like, put your names on them yet, like, on no, the back. No, be no like... post-it notes were involved. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what did you think of uh, Karen Allen as mom? Oh, I, I love Karen Allen. I mean, she, she's, you know, yeah. it's, it's Marion. Come on. <laughs> How, how can you not love someone from Raiders of the Lost Ark that appears in this movie? Mm-hmm. And she also gets a special credit. You know, she's, I think she's and, or maybe she's with, I don't even remember which one it was, but, you know, she she does have a pretty small part in the movie, but it, it she's very homely as the mother character in this movie, especially knowing the tragedy that she's gone through and stuff like that. Yeah. Being left by Andy. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. With, the, with her son. <laughs> <laughs> I had said that this movie does a really good job of Scotty's parents and step-parents are in his life. They are factors in his life. He has conversations with his mom, but they're not there all the time. Most of his summer is, you know, yelling at mom, like, I'm going to the sandlot. Yeah. You know, so or, I'll be back later. And that felt very real to me of like how some, how when you're a little kid, like your parents are these kind of mysterious people that flit in and out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of your days. Yeah. The lying when he's like did he ever tell you about that ball and it's just i mean it's like a <laughs> solid minute of this section is him going like i don't think he had no i don't know anything about it no i don't think he had. maybe no no he definitely <laughs> yeah, has <laughs> so cute and as someone who's still a terrible liar and was even as a kid i'm like yeah that's that's, that's about right yeah <laughs> Shut up, Smalls. You're blowing it. Yeah. I will give credit to their quick thinking of coming up with that plan of coming up with 98 cents by getting bottles and everything and buying a temporary ball until. (laughs) Well, did either of you notice that he actually misspells Ruth? They add an E at the end? Uh, Maybe Ruthie. Yeah. He gets called out on it. Yeah, it's interesting. And I will say an iconic shot from this movie is, you know, Smalls hitting the home run and the Babe Ruth, like, facing the camera. (laughs) A little bit of movie magic, but it's memorable. Rob, did you have a favorite overall character from this movie? Um, I would probably say that Benny is my favorite character because he's, like, the, the, the best friend that someone can have. And you can see how encouraging he is to Smalls right, right from the, the start. You know, Smalls yeah. is trying to, to get into this, this group of kids in order to have something to do over the course of the summer. And Benny just, just sees him and takes him under his wing and they become really fast friends. I mean, I, the, what's funny is for me, I remember that this was in, I think it was the summer between sixth and seventh grade. I was in a, a camp and I, we were going to a Tigers game. There were, the, the day camp was taking us to a Tigers game that, that, that evening. And I sat down next to this kid, this new kid who just come, come to the camp from somewhere else. And we hit it off. We just started talking. And he's, to this day, this was in 1986. So we're talking 36 years. He and I are still great friends. You know, we, oh, awesome. we we don't talk as much as we used to then. You know, during I remember in, in seventh and eighth grade, we were inseparable, you know, yeah. throughout, throughout everything. And we're still in touch. I mean, I, we, we, we speak 
you know, every few months we talk and we keep saying we need to find time to get together, but neither one of us ever has any time. And, you know, COVID makes things <laughs> so much easier to, for, to get together with friends and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah so, so that's just being a grown up. Yeah, no, I, I know that. <laughs> one of my sons actually, uh, my 17 my year old son a few weeks ago got angry at me and my wife about something. And he says, you guys don't have any friends anyway. For you, it's just being in the house. <laughs> For me, I need to go out and see friends. And we're like, hello, <laughs> there are more things in life than being able to see your friends, even though if you'd like to do that, <laughs> it isn't always possible. There are other responsibilities in life. How's that? <laughs> He'll, he'll figure it out eventually when he, when he gets older. But oh, yeah. What can you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always felt very thrown off because my dad, my dad's two best friends were his two best friends in high school. Wow. Oh, and yeah. they still, and like, I don't have that. And to me, that always felt weird because I grew up in like, we lived in the same town that my mother grew up in. So even though she didn't have any best friends, it still felt like she knew everyone. Mm -hmm. And they'd been hanging out with the same group of people, you know, been to everyone's marriages, everyone's kids being and um and, and then you know i'm reading like the babysitters club books and i'm like i'm sorry do people not form best friendships that they know each other forever and it's like oh i guess that is like actually really rare yeah. <laughs> that you manage to stay yeah. friends for decades and decades and it's so funny because every now and again some of them will get in a fight and my mom will be like we're never talking to them again and i'm like oh <laughs> how long is that gonna last <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We've been down this road before. Sure <laughs> we're not. That that is nice to hear that it it does still happen, damn it. That's good. <laughs> yeah, cuz I just find you know as you get older, it's you know, you have to it seems like you're trying to always just be like, "Oh, I guess make friends." And it's it's difficult cuz like one of my <laughs> work friends you know we would we just guide each other like on a level it was like our brainwaves you know she understood my humor and weirdness and whatnot and she just got a new job and so you know i, I was there's a couple of days i was kind of you know i was down so i'm like well who am i gonna who am i gonna talk to now like i have nobody and my husband's like you're like where you work you could like there's people all around you i'm like well yeah but not they don't get me <laughs> well that's what that's what social media is for that's what whatsapp is for that's, text messages that's phones. true because <laughs> like you can text her and stuff i'm like i know but it's just not the same <laughs> i'm being very dramatic <laughs> you need to have that that water cooler you know discussion with her yeah <laughs> well i've had a wonderful water cooler discussion with you guys i yes. honestly i i remember talking to um jared Harden, who i did joe versus the minute with he's uh he's gonna be doing dazed and confused minute that's, oh, that's right yeah when the pandemic started we were saying it was funny because we had so many people that we knew in the quote real world who were like, what do we do now? And we're like, oh, we're used to getting on our computers and talking to people we've never yeah. seen before. <laughs> Doing these podcasts was really a like, okay, at least this is still working the same way. Yeah, that, that, I didn't, wasn't affected by that at all. It makes it easier because people are, are are freer, you know, they have more time. Oh, yeah. Schedu it makes scheduling a little bit easier. <laughs> well, Rob, one of the things that we scheduled was me being on the Great Escape Minute, and thank you for giving me some baseball time. No problem. That. It was, That's awesome. I don't even remember <laughs> if we did that on purpose or not. Did we do that on purpose? <laughs> or did it just fall out that way? I think it might have just fallen that way, or it was like, I, I got to see the baseball, but there were a few different times it could have. I don't know, mm. but... Yeah, the cooler. The cooler. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean that's and and that that actually goes back to what you were talking about earlier about whether it's a dead ball or a real ball. We had that discussion too about how long <laughs> would it take for that ball to to lose its bounce 
when you're sitting when you're sitting for for three or four weeks in the cooler. So people can check that out. And then you've done another season of your movie Rob yes. podcast. So why don't you tell people about? Okay, that? well, as as you mentioned, my first season was The Great Escape. I did The Great Escape Minute. We did 175 episodes, which was a lot of fun. So you can you can find that. Second season, which we just finished about a month ago, was on planes, trains, and automobiles. So that was even more fun. It was completely different. You know, first doing a World War II movie and yeah. then doing a comedy, it it just blew me away. And I had a lot of fun with that. And a month ago, we, we started season three. But unfortunately, since we're recording this months and months before, I don't know yet what <laughs> season three is going to be. So anyone who's interested in, in, first of all, in listening to season one or season two or finding out even before me what's going to be on season three, <laughs> you can just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter, or you can go to our website, MovieRobMinute.com. Please come back and join us for some more of The Sandlot, nine minutes at a time.